today on CityCast Chicago. What is going on with Chicago's future elected school board? The South suburbs are courting the Bears, and the Chicago Sky have hired a Hall of Famer as our next head coach. All of that and more with Chalk Beat Samantha Smiley and Cranes Corley J. It's Friday, October 27th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago's talking about. Morning, Samantha. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I appreciate you being here. And you had your dog on camera when we first got on. That cute little six-pound, uh, beautiful pup. Uh, Corley, how you feeling today? I'm all right. How y'all doing? We are glad to have you here. Corley, you was here about, you know, uh, a few a couple months ago when the bear season was starting. You know, things are going the way they're going right now. But I ain't going to get us started on that, no. We're going to say the Bears for a little bit later and any shade I may have towards you (laughs) and your ability to to predict final season tallies. Uh, Earlier this week, we were talking about a bracket from our friends over at WTTW. Chicago is a bit of a candy capital, meaning a lot of the famous candies that we love and enjoy, not only around Halloween, but uh, throughout the year, either were made in Chicago, founded in Chicago, or have some connection to our city. And I wanted to know what was y'all favorite. For a reminder, those candies were Laffy Taffy, Brock's Candy Corn, Baby Ruth, Butterfinger, Milky Way, Snickers, Frango mints and Tootsie Rolls. It's a lot of candies on that list, but Sam, I'm gonna start with you. What's your favorite on the list? What's washing everything else? Snickers. I uh, yeah, you... I swear, I don't care what's going on. <laughs> I don't care what's going on in my life. If I am hungry and the only thing that's around is a Snickers, I am definitely eating it. So at my laundromat down the street, you know, when I have to lug all of my laundry over there, and it's all I don't care how much you got to wash is always about two hours minimum that you're spending at the laundromat and sometimes i do get hungry and the one thing that they have in a vending machine is a snickers okay you you answered so quickly and just as quickly as simone did earlier this week because she said it's hands down snickers i cap for fruities which is sort of a tootsie roll uh subsidiary uh, i do love some laffy taffy but i understand that Snickers, like like pound for pound, it is the best fighter in this group, and 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 is whooping on everything else. If you need, you need to satisfy. Corley, your head went just as fast as Sam's answer did. Uh, I I gotta ask you, but I feel like I already know the answer. What's the number one? <laughs> yeah, you gotta go with Snickers. Like that's the goat, like of candies. Period. <laughs> like you know. Uh, but if I had to pick a second one, I'm messing with the with the baby Ruth. And, like, it's hard, though, because, like, I got braces, you know? So, like, the peanuts and everything, like, it kind of messed with me, but I don't care. Like, I'll be going to town on the Snickers <laughs> and the Baby Ruth, like, them, them five. Like. <laughs> he said it's, it's, it's worth it. It is. We going to update these results next week for you uh, to see who finished out these this bracket, obviously, between Simone, Sam, and Corley. They think Snickers going to win. Y'all let us know who y'all think going to win at 773 I finally got the number memorized and you should have it saved in your phone. 
every single Friday, we bring our friends in to look back on some key stories from the week. Sam, we're going to start with you. You are watching education at the state level very closely throughout the week. And one major thing on their agenda is Chicago's forthcoming elected school board. They obviously still got to get us a map approved, but they're also discussing potential compensation for future board members. Let's start with the map. Can you remind listeners of the timeline we're working on and update us on the latest out of Springfield? Yeah, we're going to have an elected school board starting in 2024, where the first 10 seats are going to be up for election and the 21 member board. And then by 2027, we should have all of the seats up for election. Right. Um, We passed the bill, I believe, like a couple of years ago at this point now, and we were supposed to then have these elected um these maps to show like, you know, where people are going to be voting. And there's always been a question of like, are you going to just draw districts for the first 10 and then change the mm-hmm. map for the 20? And then or are you going to do the 20 and then how do you pick which 10 are up for election? Yeah. Like how, how are we going to do this? Like, you know, um, <laughs> I, I still don't know. Um, I think that. They're still holding like listening sessions and asking people to submit their own maps to, you know, help them decide what would be the right map for the city. Um, And there's always going to be some like issues with how they should by law draw the map. And then also like the demographics of the school district, because Chicago is pretty white, but the school district is majority Latino and black. So we have it. So we have a bit of an issue there. They have until like I believe April of 2024 to finalize the maps. Right. They gave themselves a a deadline. They wanted to get it done by the end of the year. Then they gave themselves until April 1st, 2024. We're about a year out from these elections. I mean, what kind of, I don't know, confusion and chaos does this create? The closer we get and the more uncertain it is of of what this election uh, will look like. On top of the fact, I'm sure there are a lot of people across Chicago don't even know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would like to say first that I wish I could have uh, given myself extensions on deadlines in college. I think that would have <laughs> helped me a lot. But um, the legislature can give themselves extensions anytime they feel like it. So, so that's why we have that extension. I think that some people have already raised the concerns about like, yo, we're people are already for elected seats are already running their campaigns. And then we don't have people don't know where their districts are at. And so when are they going to actually be able to start running and campaigning and spreading the awareness about like we're even having this election, right? It's going to be shocking when people get the their ballot November 2024 and they're like, who is all of these seats? <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a big I assume that it's gonna be a pretty big ballot, right? And so some people have raised that concern um at some of the listening sessions that I've listened into. Um and it just seems like, well, what we gotta figure out first is the board maps. And I I think everybody's like, when is it gonna be veto session or spring session? I think I was gonna say I think it might be spring. I don't really hear anybody talking about the maps being completed this this veto session, but, uh, you know, I will be on the lookout for that. <laughs> uh, another part of this conversation is, well, are these future elected officials 
going to be paid, right? And some places like Los Angeles, school board members make $125,000 if they don't have outside employment and $50,000 if they do. And then places like New York and Philly, they're not paid. How is it looking? You know, what's the conversation right now of why they should or shouldn't be? Yeah, so just to go back, um, a little bit too to explain this to folks because I think this was a, a point that I tried to get with the legislatures that are proposing this bill. So basically, um, Robert Markwick and um, Cam Buckner, as we know, he was like running for mayor um, last cycle. They are both proposing a bill that would just allow Chicago Board of Education to pay. Um, board members or to and to receive some type of compensation it literally the bill just says lift this prohibition like let them folks get paid it does not outline at all like how they're going to be paid is it going to be a salary is it going to be a stipend like how many times should they receive a stipend it, it doesn't really say none of that and it's just for chicago and, and there's no sort of hard and fast rule because across the country, you have different rules from, from city to city, state to state. And why are they saying school board members should? What's the incentive, do they think, of, of potentially giving a stipend or a salary or uh, whatever the case may be? You know, some advocates have said, you know, pay folks because we really want parents from low income households, um, which, you know, make up a pretty good majority of the district to kind of like be a part of the board. We don't want to keep having the problem of having, you know, very wealthy people on the board who could raise like a ton of money for a campaign, right? They, the advocates want to make sure that people, like the students who are in the schools are represented by the people who's going to sit on the school board. Um, And so that's what, you know, a lot of advocates are saying. And also I think in some cases safe, like, a teacher wanted to be on the board, they would, a teacher uh, by law would have to completely give up their job to be on the school board. And so that would be a little bit easier, right? If they can get paid to do it. Hey, I had somebody in our email uh, about a week and a half ago say, Hey, is there any, been any movement on Chicago's elected school board? Uh, Well, here you go. Here's the answer. It's a lot of not yet. We don't know if and when they'll be paid. We don't know what the maps are. We don't know which districts will be up for election, but we do know uh, it is a year out and people are sort of gearing up to run. So Sam, we will definitely be calling you back to talk about it. Uh, Corley, let's get you in here. Last time you were here, of course, we talked about our favorite thing to talk about together. Them bears, the bears. Uh, You're back and we're talking about them again, but it's a little bit more about where they may play in the future if it isn't Soldier Field. We know uh, the saga going on with Arlington Heights. And now a new place is thrown their name in the ring. Where is it, Corley? Yeah, so it's Country Club Hills. They sent a letter to the team asking them to consider them for the new stadium. They uh, cited their location with being by like three major highways, um, by a metro electric line and near the Indiana border. And so the commissioner is saying like, hey, hey, y'all can help this predominantly black area to thrive, you know, uh, create and build generational wealth for us. And so this brings up uh, five, I believe five um different suburbs trying to bring the Bears in. We have Naperville, Waukegan, Aurora, uh, Richmond Park, and now Country Club Hills all trying to get the Bears. And <laughs> so it all started when they uh, bought that, that racetrack in Arlington Park for like almost $200 million. And so they're trying to build a $5 billion project around the stadium. 
but they have not like kind of finished that with Arlington Heights and there's no like clear cut uh, plan to actually go there. So now we got other people throwing their hats in a ring trying to get my bears. I feel like we've been talking about this for a couple of years that that lease date ending somewhere that where it could end between what was it 2026 or 2027 it's coming right it was it was further off a couple of years ago but it's coming fast like you said it seems like the the plan is to build at Arlington Heights but obviously the the suburb hasn't just offered up billions of dollars that they don't have and the state isn't quick to finance another or to finance a billion dollar stadium. We we see the price that has uh, to communities, to taxpayers. We still paying for the spaceship. The team didn't push for the uh, state legislation this year, but they could next year to get that subsidy for the Arlington Heights uh, stadium. So, but the Bears, you know, they want their own stadium. Uh, they want to own it. And the one that they're currently in is one of the smallest in the league. So I'll be devastated, not going to lie, if they move. But, like, you know, Soda Field is kind of kind of weird. You know, I, I said that before with, like, the parking situation and being on museum campus, you know. So, like, the best way to get there is on that metro line, on that stop, uh, which is good for me, but not for everybody. Exactly. I mean, I've seen the potential mock-ups of a Soldier Field expansion, everything from a potential dome to, you know, one central, you know, and uh, – revitalizing the business district, adding new transit routes in. But it really feels like it's going the other way. Uh, Now, we can't leave this story without laughing a bit because, come on, I saw when this news dropped online. And my favorite one was somebody was like, hey, they might as well just go on to Dalton because some of them already got the merch with the Dalton Bears, which is like a youth football team out there. I mean, (laughs) Corley Sam, is there any chance in hell Let's just keep it keep it keep it being right. Is there any chance they are that the Bears are the country club heel bears in the future? I don't I can't see that. Like <laughs> that's just so weird. But like even if they move, they will not they will not change the name. Come on now. They will go. No, of course they're not gonna change the name. It's I, like, I'm being bogus there. <laughs> it's like I can't see that happening though. Like even if they were to move, I see them still being in the city somewhere, not no suburb. I mean, if they go to Country Club Hills, they can they can still claim Chicago land. Oh, here we go. <laughs> they gonna be they gonna be the Chicago Bears regardless. There's so many teams that don't play. Dallas yeah, yeah. Cowboys don't play in Dallas. The Giants or the Jets don't play in New York. I mean, none of them Los Angeles teams really uh, be be in, in Los Angeles. So I understand that, but they not going to the South Bird. No, I, I, I mean, I'd love to see it, but. Come on, the suburbs need more infrastructure improvement. Exactly. Need mm-hmm. need them to be focused on investing in water right now. And they still got parking. Huh? I said they do got parking though. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to talking about education, when we talked to Amanda Vinicky earlier, I asked her, "Is there any chance that the state is going to send more resources to support?" migrants to support asylum seekers arriving and y'all she gave me a fat no and so sam you have been looking at uh, at what that means for chicago public schools who have seen thousands of new students just this school year entering in and they're asking the state for more finance what are we hearing from teachers about just this first quarter yeah so i went to the state board of education and i was really looking forward to hearing the state board talk about their literacy plan that they're supposed to be putting together. But in that 
public comment section at the top of the meeting, a lot of Chicago teachers came out and said like, hey, we really need help right now. Our classrooms are overcrowded. We don't have enough staff to actually help our students. Um, some teachers were like, you know, our schools were predominantly Black. We've never had a need for a bilingual education teacher um, in order to support an English language learner population before until now. And I'm a teacher trying to use Google Translate in a classroom. And when I heard that, I was like, now, let me say, I was using Google Translate in my Spanish class in the high school. I know that ain't working well. I know it ain't working well. It does not, it does not translate well, okay? <laughs> so, you know, a lot of people were like, we, we really need something to happen now. I don't know if it's like, grants for bilingual education or for people for teachers to get a certification in that for them to take Spanish language classes um I'm not sure if that's like the district figuring out how to better um ensure that those those students go to schools that need a little bit more enrollment um and it just feels like it's so unclear you know from the state like how are they looking at this topic I mean even when people were talking during the public comment section like None of the board members at the state level said anything. They just kind of looking and was like, okay, uh, next person, you're in. Three minutes are up. I don't know why the state board isn't weighing in on it or how they're planning to weigh in on it. I'm not sure how like the General Assembly is thinking about this or doing anything around it. There was bills during the spring legislative session that was going to create like a a grant for schools that deal, that are dealing with a large number of newcomers. Um, that never moved. Um, and it doesn't feel like really the state has like Pritzker has really said anything on the school on the education front about this. So yeah, I think, I think Amanda had it right. It's a no, we don't know. <laughs> or we just, don't yeah, I mean, know. it really feels like the state for the resources that they have given has been like, a, this is a Chicago problem right now. Sure, we understand it, it needs statewide resources and we'll advocate for the federal government to provide more. But I agree, it, it feels like they have sort of been slightly mums uh, to this point, you know, with the, you know, financial uh, issues uh, that CPS is facing. You know, what do you think we can expect next coming uh, from the state or, or or how the city plans to move around resources? Yeah. And so this is another thing, too, that's happening all at the same time, right? Is that like a couple years ago, uh, via the American Rescue Plan Act, um, schools in, in, the, in the state got like, you know, billions of dollars of, of money. And that funding is expected to expire the end of September 2024. That means schools have to, at this point, right, this in within this school year, they need to figure out their budgets for how to deal with that hole in funding. And 20 and school year 2024-2025 is going to be a really, really hard time for schools. And my colleague Rima Amin had reported that. You know, Chicago is already saying they're going to have about a four hundred million dollar uh, deficit because that funding is leaving. And so schools are going to really have to make hard decisions. Are they going to get rid of their after school programs? How many teachers are they're going to let go or school employees they need to let go? How are they going to be able to do this equitably? Because we've seen how like when these budget deficiencies 
happened in the past that they hit black and brown students the hardest. And we saw a lot of teachers of color being pushed out of the field. And the school closing moratorium is going to be up soon. That as well. That is going to be up real soon. As all of this is happening, everybody should be a little bit worried about where education is going right now without, you know, more uh, funding from the state and especially like from the feds. Corley, you, your story brings us on a much lighter note. I stay in the Hyde Park, Kenwood neighborhood and a story from our friend Maxwell talks about some uh, s- some new uh, voices coming to the neighborhood. Uh, how can people hear those? Yeah, so these teams they created is audio walking tours to highlight their favorite spots in Hyde Park, Kenwood, and Brownsville. Uh, the tours deb- debuted on Saturday for the Hyde Park area, include Hyde Park Barber Studio, uh, my favorite, the Love and Life Cafe, and a uh, Hyde Park Art Center. Um, and so, uh, students from Whitney Young, Kenwood Academy, and Chicago High School for the Arts, and the Brownsville um, schools as well in that area. Um, they worked on these um, scripts and these recordings for three weeks over the summer, and they got paid, so shout out to that. They worked with the um, art and youth organization called Flowers for the Living, and I, I really love that name, Flowers for the Living. Come on now. Give it up for that. <laughs> and you can hear the tours on the Chicago Scrolls app, which is free. And uh, you said that you went on one this morning, Jacoby. That, that's so dope. How did you like it? I did. So I took two of the tours this morning on the Chicago Strolls app. Uh, one was with uh, Carly, who is a junior at Whitney Young, who grew up between Hyde Park and Woodlawn. And gee, it was so dope in so many ways. Uh, one, I learned about the penthouse in Hyde Park right off of Hyde Park and Blackstone, which I've always passed. And I just thought it was an apartment building. But I was like, but apparently people have been getting married in there for decades. Uh, if you walk up Blackstone towards 50th Street, uh, going towards uh, Kenwood you'll, or between 51st and 50th, you'll see all of these colorful homes. They're blue and teal and yellow. Uh, she also made jokes about the Boston market on 53rd because everybody I know who walked past that Boston market go, how the hell is this business still open? Who is shopping at Boston market? And yet she says it's been open since before her dad was, was born. And then uh, by the time I got to Kenwood, I switched over to a tour for, to a tour from Denia, who's a sophomore at Kenwood. And she not only gives you the history of the school, you hear from some other students, the things they love about the school, the things they love about their teachers, the neighborhood. So it was, it was cool to listen to these, these students kind of navigate. And for, and for me, it was really the context. They point out a building or she'll say something about like the Metro and she remembers riding with her grandma. And so that that's what was cool. It wasn't just here are some cool buildings. Here's this house that was built in 1885. This is also sort of my lived experience next to it. And so that was dope. Yeah. When I read the story, like how they put in their personality into the tours and you get that kind of view from their eyes and them speaking about it. That's so dope. And I really want to do that in, as well as the Bronzeville one. Like that's something that's cool and different and having the youth kind of tell their perspective. That's really dope. Every single episode of City Cash Chicago ends with some good news. Sam, I'm going to start with you. What's your good news today? Uh, I got two things. <laughs> you I, had two things last night. I swear I'm, I'm always that person. So one, this one might give me maybe a little bit of trouble. Uh, but 
I am currently on WGAE's Council for Online Media. I was voted mm-hmm. on by my peers. And so now, you know, I'm out here repping the union. <laughs> okay. Come on. Come on, man. I, I love every ounce of union support in this city. I don't care if it's at a, a Starbucks or if it's at Chicago State. Okay. My second thing is a semicolon books is having their uh, fall lit fest at Guild Roll. And, you know, I'm, you know, a book nerd. I'm going to be out there on the north side. I can't wait for y'all to bring something very bookish to the south side. But since I'm waiting, I'll be over there on the north side. So, Sam, again, congratulations on the the new uh, position and and shout out to you got to drop me a link so I can put it in our show notes uh, to the semicolon uh, fair that's coming up. Uh, Corley, I'm going to kick it over to you. What's your some good news? What's your good news? My good news is really personal. I'm getting a facial on Saturday, and I'm I'm ready for that. I had a, a really stressful week, uh, and I, I just can't believe it's still here this week. Uh, I need this facial. My mama doing my facial. My mom does facial, so okay. Shameless, shameless. Come on, put us on. Where at the crib? At, at the <laughs> shop? Where at? You? She has a shop in Beverly on 94th and Western, and she does. She's a cos- cosmetologist as well. My mom does facials, lymphatic massages, hair. So yeah, shout out to my mama. I'm um, all for the plugs, G. What's the name of the shop? What's Beverly Laser Salon? Yes, Beverly Laser Salon. On 94th and Western. Yes. Uh, massages, facials. Uh, We're going to be looking into that. My some good news is the Chicago Sky have officially introduced their new head coach. Shout out to Teresa Weatherspoon, a.k.a. Spoon, who was introduced earlier this week in a press conference. She's going to be replacing former head coach uh, and GM James Wade. Uh, For people who are not familiar with Weatherspoon, I got a little Spoon history for you. She was a part of the first, the very first class of players to enter the WNBA when the league launched in 1997. Uh, When she came into the league, she already had an NCAA title with Louisiana Tech, an Olympic gold and bronze medal. She was a five-time WNBA All-Star, won the very first two defensive players of the year, and is the Naismith Basketball Hall of Famer. Spoon has been a coach at the college level at our alma mater and most recently an assistant coach with the NBA's New Orleans Pelicans. As y'all know, the Chicago Sky was the last Chicago professional team to win a championship, and I'm very excited to see this. I mean, we just saw it in the WNBA Finals. Both of those head coaches were former WNBA players, former WNBA All-Stars, legends in their own right. And so I'm excited to see uh, just how Spoon impacts the team, the culture that she builds, the passion that she brings to the game. And so shout out to our brand new head coach, uh, Teresa Weatherspoon, and I can't wait to see her on the sidelines next season. I want to give a huge thank you to our amazing panelists today from Crane Chicago Business, the homie Corley J, and from Chalk Beat Chicago covering all things education, our dear friend Samantha Smiley. I appreciate y'all making time for us. Before I let you go, a quick reminder. For more news and events, head over to our website at chicago.citycast.fm. That's also where you can subscribe to our Hey Chicago newsletter. And please share the podcast and the newsletter with your friends and family. And if you really love it, nominate us as best podcast and best email newsletter for the Chicago Reader's Best of 2023 list. You can find us in the City Life category. I'll drop a link in the show notes. 
Of course, I got to thank all the people who helped make the podcast and newsletter, including our lead producer, Simone Alisea, our newsletter editor, Sydney Madden, our audio producer, Michelle Navarro, the people who make the music we all love, include Sam Thousand, All the Kimonos, and Mark Greenberg from the Mayfair Workshop. Again, if you love the podcast, nominate us. I'm going to talk to y'all bright and early on Monday. Peace. And I appreciate you writing back to us when something sparks your interest or you got story ideas for us. Hey, I even love the criticism because, uh, you know, we all need some haters. (laughs) 